Welcome to How She Creates. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Lauren. And we're here to take you behind the scenes with all your favorite artists to learn how they create. We'll discuss creativity, tips, tools, inspiration, and life as an artist. We hope these conversations leave you encouraged to make more stuff and share it with the world. So this episode is the most recursive one that we had, and we are so excited to bring it to you. Today, we are talking about watercolor. We're with two of our absolute favorite watercolor artists, and they're the ones who made us fall in love with the medium, Nina Christensen and Yao Chang. We are pretty freaking excited about getting to talk to them. In this episode, we discuss their creative stories, where they found inspiration, their best tips for practicing, material recommendations, and just like in general, how freaking awesome they are. Enjoy the episode. So, yeah, why don't you go ahead and start by telling us your creative story? Hi. So, um, wow, where do you start with that? I guess, I mean, I've been painting and drawing since I really can remember since I was really little. So if you want to go all the way back to that, um, my mom took me to like a drawing class when I was like four or five. And um, I don't know. I mean, I don't remember it specifically, but I do remember the feeling of just feeling really connected to um, painting and drawing and just being visual with my hands and just being creative in that way. So from that point on, I've kind of just always drawn on the side. Um, and I've taken, I've always taken classes in school. Um, so all through high school, I was in art classes and then I, um, did like a summer program at RISD, Rhode Island School of Design, which where I actually ended up going for my undergrad. But I took a summer of it in um, in high school and fell in love with it. And then I went to a four year program and studied um, textiles. Yeah, I thought I was I did painting for a semester and because that's what I wanted. I thought I wanted to just be like a hardcore painter, <laughs> like full fine artist um, when I graduated from school, but I wanted to do something a little bit more, what's the word? Not commercial wasn't the word. I, I just, I wanted, I wanted my work to be a little bit more approachable and I wanted people to be able to interact with it more. So I decided to do textiles where I could still paint visually, but just with different materials like yarns and um, fabrics. So it was more tactile, but I still felt like I was painting in a way. So that led me to surface pattern and really loving um, designing patterns. Um, So then I graduated at the lowest point in the U.S. economy. It was 2009. So no one was hiring, (laughs) Um, but luckily Abercrombie and Fitch, whose headquarters located here in Columbus, Ohio, they had just done a massive layoff and they were looking for new associate designers. Um, So my roommate in college at the time was working for them and she was like, hey, if you're looking for a job, um, they're hiring out here. So that's kind of how I made my way to Ohio. And so I designed surface patterns and I did embroidery for them for about three years, at which point um, I 
made the jump and started my own business. And that was four years ago. Oh. <laughs> September. Yeah. <laughs> that Okay. So we have to stop and talk about the Abercrombie. So can you tell us what kind of designs you would do for them? Because I can't fathom your beautiful watercolor, <laughs> you know, abstracts and things it's on so different. their clothes. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally different. I mean, we were doing more, they have a very, um, specific style, especially at the time when they were less fashion, fast fashion. Um, and they had their own like specific heritage style. So I did a lot of embroideries for them, actually. Um, I think my textile pattern or my textile background kind of like played into that, but, um, I did embroideries, but I also did a lot of surface patterns and we were using a lot of vintage designs and designs that we were purchasing from third-party companies who would just come in and sell us designs like every few months. So it wasn't necessarily my artwork that made it into the clothing, but I was editing them and I was recoloring them. And so needless to say, it wasn't the most creative job. And I think that was a big part of why I wanted to start my own business because I felt like technically, I mean, it was something that I could do, but I didn't feel creatively fulfilled. So I, but Having said that, Abercrombie was at that point was where I actually did discover watercolor as a medium because I'd never painted with watercolor before. I had always worked in oils or acrylics, um, but watercolor is not something that they taught um, exclusively at RISD. <laughs> I don't know if this is the case with every art school, but it just wasn't like a medium that people took very seriously. I felt like maybe I'm totally wrong on that, but you know, for painting, if you were a painting major, you were definitely more um, devoted to oil painting or acrylics or a medium like that. But watercolor was seen more illustrative, I think. And it was, I don't know, it, it just wasn't something that we were trained technically in. So but um, at Abercrombie, I was the only person on my team. I worked on exclusively on the women's um, brand. I was the only person on the team that painted originals because occasionally they would like, we could like sneak one in that's like an original <laughs> artwork. <laughs> so I was the person that painted. And so I would have these days where I would just paint all day, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a dream. And so those were the days where I got to play with different mediums and I got to experiment more. And um, I played around a little bit with watercolor. And then a friend of mine who also worked there at the time, he did a lot more watercolor. And so he gave me a few, um, he taught me a few times like outside of work. And I just, I don't know. I just really loved it. Once I got a hold of how to work with it or not work with it actually like the less you you know try and make it do what you want it to do the the more frustrated you'll become but um he really like helped me get to that point where you know you really just have to let things go and just let it do what it wants to do and once that happened I was like I love this this is this is exactly what I was looking for this is like how 
I think visually and like how I want to express things visually. It's the right pace for me because I work really fast. I usually have to be painting like three different things at the same time because my brain just skips from one idea to the next. So watercolor lends itself perfectly to that because you there's, I mean, you can do a lot of layering with it, which requires more time, but most of the time I work really quickly with it and um, move on to the next thing. So, yeah. Oh, no, that's so awesome. I love hearing people's creative stories, especially from their backgrounds like that. Did you ever listen to yeah. the Creative Start podcast? No, I did listen to a lot of Debbie Millman's mm-hmm. and that was really great. She, I, I listened to a lot of that when I was starting my business, um, because it was a lot about like different designers from all different backgrounds, graphic designers, illustrators, and like how they started their business, um, or got to where they were in their career. But yeah, it is really interesting hearing other people's creative stories. It's always so different. And you're just like, how do they get from point A to point B? Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. I know. I feel like I just wrote a blog post. What was I? I don't know what I was writing, but I wrote, you know, I, did, I couldn't understand point A to point B. And I was like, oh, because it was really point A to point like R. You know, and, and like, cause there was, there's so many like steps and different like yeah. twists and turns. And so I love hearing yeah. that. So I'll have to look up that podcast and we'll link both of those in the show notes. Yes. All right, Miss Nina. My creative story. Okay. Um, well, I guess I've always, um, been creative, like painting and all that stuff all the kids do all the way up through school. And um, I've always taken art classes uh, instead of soccer or sports or all these things. <laughs> um, I've been painting and drawing in my free time instead. So yeah, I have a lot of broad knowledge about these things and a lot of um, practice in a lot of different areas. How did you start experimenting well, I think as soon as I found my my way into this um, online crafty world, I discovered just a little corner of it and um, tried these things out. It was very um, like Tim Holtz, distressy, that whole thing. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. And I quickly found out that that wasn't really me. So I started looking around like, who who could I find on Instagram, for example, or um, on the blogs? Uh, like, what were people doing? And then trying these things out until I found some um, some mediums and ways of expressing myself that that really connected with me, um, that really clicked for me. I guess it was like three three or four years ago that I started art journaling and that was really big for me in in trying out new um new things and and I guess that's where I I started um using watercolors more regularly. Oh. I love how you describe the internet 
you know, as you found one little corner and then like one thing led to another. Cause I feel like the internet is like so giant and overwhelming, but it is, it's so true. You know, the way I got here to where I am was I found one blog and that led me to another blog and that led me to another, you know, particular craft which was scrapbooking and, you know, and then it slowly, you like climb the staircase to, you know, wherever you end up on the internet and in your kind of blog world niche, art niche, um, but yeah, it's just following those links and trying those new things. I like that. Yeah, it's, it can be really mind-blowing, I feel. Like when you open a door on the internet, you you feel like, oh, is this a thing? Are people doing this? And then, you know, people are actually obsessed with this one specific thing or... Yeah, and it's really, um, it, it's really contagious and it makes me want to try things out. Yeah, it's I love that it gives you permission as an adult to do things that you would as a kid. Like no one would ever think, you know, one day there are going to be a bunch of adults who get online and just talk about watercolors all day. But there are. And that's awesome. And you can totally do that. And so if you like something particular, you can totally find other people who like that one strange, you know, very narrow thing, too. Um I was never really good at drawing specific things to make them look like real life. Um, So that's why watercolors were just like amazing for me to get into because um, it doesn't have to be precise. And, you know, you can really be very abstract with it and it's going to look pretty good. Yeah, (laughs) that's why it appeals to me, I I think. Actually, my first set of watercolors I got from my boyfriend four years ago, I think, when when he was on um, a business trip, he found this art shop and he knows I'm into that stuff. So he brought this teeny tiny pan of artist colors from Winsor & Newton home to me. And I kind of felt like I owed it to him to to use it a lot and not just put it on a shelf and forget about it. Like I have a ton of things that are like that, that I just, Oh, I love it. And then forget all about it. So. Oh, that is so sweet. <laughs> That's so thoughtful of him. Um, and yeah. how awesome that that like random choice he made, like led you to this awesome medium. Yeah. I love that. And I, I it feels so weird saying it's only four years ago. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I, I feel like I've show. had it in my life forever. It's, it just comes so naturally. It just goes to show that you don't have to ha- be doing something forever to be an, you know, a professional or an artist or for it to be important or a big deal in your life. Like you can just yeah. work on it for a year and be really good at it and enjoy it. And that'd be great. So Yao told us a little bit in her story why she loved and chose watercolor as her like number one medium. So why, Nina, why would you say watercolor is your one thing that you love? I don't know. I think it's because it's very forgiving and um, um, it's super cheap (laughs) in a way. Um, A little paint goes a long way. And Mm -hmm. um, these palettes I've had for like four years and I haven't hit pen on any of them. (laughs) Um, 
So I feel like I can just keep going and um, um, keep making things and never run out of paint. <laughs> so that's kind of a practical um, reason why I love them so much. Um, and also, yeah, I just feel like you, you, you get a lot of um, opportunity to work with your piece, um, to manipulate the paint and the water and add even more layers and um, adjust as you go. Uh, and that's pretty typical of my method of working in any kind of project. Um, and that is to, to just start out uh, with no real plan in mind and just see where it takes me. And I feel like watercolor does that so well. I'm the same way. It's a very intuitive medium. You can be very, yeah. you kind of just improvise as you go. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Love that about it. Um, let's back up for a second because I feel like for people who use watercolor, I think, you know, it's the easiest medium to use. I mean, it's not the easiest, but it's super simple to use. Cause like you're saying, it's just paint and water, but I know for me and for a lot of people getting started is really scary because there's all the differences is in dry and wet and you know, how to know what's a good watercolor. So can you tell us your like basic supplies that you think are best for a starter? I definitely like uh, starting with um, the dry pigments in the pans, you know, the, the little Winsor and Newton pans I always use. Um, I don't really like um, the, the watercolor pencils as much. I don't feel like they, they're so, that easy to work with. Um, and also liquid watercolors are kind of challenging for me at least. So I feel like the the real um, old school <laughs> dry paints in the pans are, are the way to go. They're kind of similar to the paints we, we use as kids. You know, those really cheap paints you get um, when you're a kid. Um, so there's something familiar about it um, for, for me at least that I feel like a lot of people can relate to. And how can you tell the difference? Cause I know like when you're saying the paints we use as a kid, they're like really waxy. And so would you say that the other ones, how would you describe those if someone was looking for them? I just feel like um, artist paints are more pigmented and it's easier to get the color payoff and the different colors that you're looking for with um with real artist paints it, it doesn't even have to be like professional um super high quality paints you can really um, get away with studio paints anything from a craft store basically um but once you go into the like the supermarket generic brand ones um it gets kind of uh too cheap almost <laughs> to to have um, the right effect for me, at least. Yeah. We'll have links to your favorite ones in the show notes so that people can find those really quickly. And Yao, yeah, I know you work with the wet paints first, right? Uh, I don't actually, oh. I, well, I buy them in the tube, but I squeeze them out. Like Nina was saying, I squeeze them out and I dry them in my palette. So they end up being dried pigments that I work with. And I agree with her. It's the best way to 
work with watercolor. And I, I think it's because you don't end up picking up too much and one, you end up wasting a lot of paint. Um, and two, you get better control and how much paint you want. Watercolor is one of those mediums where you can really get a huge shift in translucency versus something that's very opaque. And so being able to have control over how much paint pigment you pick up with your brush um, is especially important with watercolor. So I feel like, yeah, so I, I also work with dry um, pigments and it's just how I've always worked with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly what you said. That's, that's what I meant. <laughs> you said it so much better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You get so much more control with, um, with the dry pants of how yeah, much yeah. color you pick up. And, and it's transportable. So you can yeah. just close up your palette. Like I have one that opens and closes. And so you can take it with you and take it outside and paint outdoors or, you know, when you're traveling and whatever. So I don't know. It's just how I've always worked. My next question is what other supplies would you have? So as far as pigment goes, like I love, like Nina said, like I love Windsor Newton. It's their professional grade watercolor is what I've always used. I think there are other brands out there. This is just the one that I love. And the professional grade, I think it's better than the Kaltman because their pigments are um, more brilliant and I don't know. You can really get an impact with it. Like there's just a lot more depth to those colors in the professional grade. Other other materials, um, I definitely suggest like a good brand of watercolor paper because at least for me, the way I paint watercolor, like I love the texture of the paper itself. So I always work with cold press and I think you should lean towards a better brand of watercolor paper when you're getting into the textures. It can really, I don't know, it can really ruin like the experience if you have really cheap watercolor paper because it just doesn't blend as well. And it just like, I don't know, it just, it's kind of like a downer. <laughs> Cause you're like, this is going to be a great blend. And then it doesn't, and it just pools and you're just like, Bleh. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I use arches, cold press watercolor paper. They come in blocks. They're not definitely not the cheapest paper to buy, but because they come in blocks, you can, the side, the edges are already adhered down for you. So you don't have to worry about warping, um, because you work with so much water in this medium, like you don't have to worry about it warping as it's drying um, versus when it's wet. So um, I love using the blocks and because it's a higher grade paper, you can, I paint on both sides, the front and the backs oh. because I'm just, I go through so much of it because That's I paint awesome. so quickly that I'm just like front and back, front and back. <laughs> Most of the time I am. That's so, so funny. Because yeah. I thought I was being fancy with my paper and I I actually use quite cheap watercolor paper. And I'm so proud oh, that really? I don't paint on printer paper. <laughs> I just think. I oh, my gosh. No, it's like so thin. I don't know. It's like the warping thing. But do you not find the pooling like you don't like when the water, mm, the pigment For pools? me, that's just part of it. Um, oh, okay. I'm happy with the paper I use. I use um, Canson. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't remember the the specific 
um, name of it, but Canson paper, and it is actual watercolor paper. So, mm -hmm. but it but it's yeah, definitely more affordable. Yeah, that's definitely and true. That's, um, perfectly fine for for my needs. Yeah, I found that my favorite trick for using paper is I buy the like ginormous pads they're like as big as a like toddler or bigger you know um and you buy them yeah. in like the craft section and they're pretty decent paper and i'll cut them down to like tiny yes. strips or like different sizes and then mm -hmm. i don't really care about wasting it and then i have some like nicer paper if i feel like i need to do something nice but yeah for the most part i'm very happy to use that giant yeah pad. that's i do the same I will buy them in large pieces if I'm not using the blocks and I'll cut them down to smaller sizes or yeah. use like, or even like little strips that I have left over. I'll use them and do color palettes with them and create. Sometimes I like to um, select the colors that I'm going to use for a specific painting and I'll paint like little palettes and just make sure everything has the right balance. But yeah, I totally save all my little strips as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have it's a drawer so full of them. It's so, yeah. it's kind of thick. <laughs> like, what do you do with all of it? I don't know. <laughs> I can't get rid of it. <laughs> Need to keep it. Yeah, that's hard paper to throw away. Yeah. Um. So... For me, when I started doing watercolor, it was because of the two of you, um, because I took the classes that you guys had created. Um, so Nina has a Just Add Watercolor course, and it is, it was so, um, like eye opening for me, I guess that because there, there are all these different techniques of ways that you can use watercolor that you wouldn't expect, um, like painting it onto a stamp and things like that. And it was the perfect like test run for me to figure out watercolors because I, I am not a fine artist and I'm not, you know, going to sit down and like paint a lamp. Um, and so that was really great, a great way for me to get started and get comfortable with the medium. And then I took Yao's class classes on creative bug it's a four-part series right mm -hmm. yeah um and that is probably the one of the best art classes i've ever taken that's awesome it was i'm telling you it it's like what legitimately took what like my like scribbles and doodles to like what i felt like was art um and so it was so informative and that. so helpful yes we'll definitely link to all of these because they're so great and creative bug is like a really great deal i don't know how they i mean it is so cheap i don't know how they do it it's awesome <laughs> um and the classes are so good um but so tell us how you guys got to be at the point where you are like what are your practice tips what do you do how do you um how did you learn I'm sorry me, it was <laughs> kind of you learning just by doing um and I feel like I can apply a lot of what I learned from like classic um uh art classes uh, all kinds of art classes um that I did when I was a kid, I could apply a lot of those um, same principles to that as well. Um, I don't feel like, like I've gone very deep into watercolor. I just feel like I apply it to a lot of different things. So like in my class, as you were saying, um, I, would, I was doing all these different things with 
um, with watercolors. Uh, and I was kind of transitioning or, or bridging between scrapbooking and watercolor. So, so that's, um, that's my approach, just trying to apply this one medium in all these different ways. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, no, I, that's what I think I like so much about your work, Nina, is that you do mix your mediums so well and you make your, your scrapbooks are always so personal because they've got your watercolor in it. And so it's not just, you know, a piece of paper you bought off the shelf at a store. It's, you know, something that you've painted and you've created and it's very unique and it's very beautiful. And it always, you know, perfectly accentuates, you. you know, your theme or your story or your photo or whatever. What about you, Yao? How did you get to be so incredibly talented? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like there's still a lot to learn about watercolor for me. I don't, I don't think I'm like, I don't think I've like hit it at the top yet with watercolor. I think every day, you know, whenever I start a new painting, it's always a new challenge for me. And I always feel like it can be better. And sometimes I'll paint like three or four versions of the same thing because I just feel like, you know, one version I might have figured, finally figured out the right balance and composition or colors and like warms and cools. Um, but then the next painting of the same, same thing, I just make a different version of, I feel like, okay, like let's figure out how to make it more complex and how to add more layers to it. Um, I just, I don't know. It's, I agree with Nina. It's like, um, every, Every time I paint with watercolor, it's like I'm just applying it to whatever it is, the idea that I have in my head. I don't necessarily feel like I'm a, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think I am a professional in it, even though it's like what I do, but I don't know. I just feel like it could be better, <laughs> but I will say it helps with my work that you know, we also apply it to a lot of different products. So that adds variety to the type of work that I do with watercolor. But um, within our, our art products, um, our products of art prints, I do a lot of different things. Like I paint a lot of different things. Like I paint abstracts, which are, I guess, simpler, um, if you will, motif wise. But then I also paint florals, which are a little more complex. And then but I also paint um, landscapes, which is the hardest of watercolors for me to paint. They take the longest, but they're also super rewarding because you get to really layer with it and play with um, different planes like foregrounds and backgrounds. And um, I don't know, it's it's more complicated, but I I love it all the same. So um, because I paint a variety of different subject matters, I think that also... Um, I don't know. Some days when I'm painting abstracts, I may, um, those might be like easier paintings for me, but then I'll challenge myself with a landscape every once in a while. And I think I really like learn more about the medium and techniques when I paint those. So sorry, that was a long answer. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Um, so where do you find the inspiration? How do you know what you're going to paint each day? Um, I use Pinterest a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um, when I can go outside, I definitely like painting from real life, but I use Pinterest a lot. I have boards that I put away for 
or not put away, but I, that I, um, add pins to for florals and nature and just, and geometrics and just like the visually things that can inspire me, but that I can see a lot of different things at once mm-hmm. helps me come up with ideas. If I can just scroll through a lot of different images that helps me visually come up with ideas. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I get a lot of my inspiration from Instagram. I'm always on there and I I just see so many things and I also pin yeah. things like you, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but I never return to them. It's just like I pin them and then I forget about them. And then yeah. at some point they just, um, <laughs> when they've marinated in my mind <laughs> almost, I I make something out of it. And, and often um, a lot of the time I will see something really awesome on Instagram and I will just straight up copy it and do that for a bit until I kind of find my own twist mm-hmm. on it. And also I get a lot of um, inspiration from my daughter, Ada. She's uh, six years old and she, uh, when she paints, she's not very bothered with um, color schemes and what goes together and what looks nice. And she's not, she, she doesn't overthink it. And that's really uh, inspiring for me too. Yeah. I think watercolor is one of those mediums where you don't want to overthink it. It's a very intuitive process. And so you kind of grab at something and at least the way I use it is it's a very immediate expression of what I want to say. And then you kind of move on from there and it lends itself perfectly for that kind of work. Um, yeah, you can work really quickly, I feel. I know, I love that. <laughs> you can express an idea really fast. You yeah. don't have to like layer and layer and layer. You can get yeah. kind of a uh, an idea of it really quickly and then you can add more detail if that's what you want or move on. Yeah. Do you sketch first? I'm curious. Do you sketch, like, do you do pencil sketches or? Um, sometimes, but... Not very often. Most of my work is um, for art journaling um, mm-hmm. because I don't um, I don't really sell anything with watercolor. So it's mostly personal stuff like art journaling, and that's mainly abstract things. Mm-hmm. Um, when I do florals um, and stuff like that, or or something brush scripty, I tend to want to um to sketch it first but it's something i'm training myself to do because i know my result is always better when i sketch it first a lot of the time i just don't have the patience for it <laughs> i want to get straight to the fun part <laughs> so that was a weird way of saying i do both <laughs> yeah i'm the same i'm the same nina i uh i've i think I can work out composition so much faster when I sketch with pencil, but I never do it (laughs) because I'm like, no, I want to jump straight to painting. Um, Which is also why sometimes I paint like the same thing four or five times, because if I had just sketched, I think I probably only would have to paint it one or two times. But, um, but I like sketching with watercolor. I get this question a lot. Um, People ask me like if I sketch first and I like 
the sense of excitement and unknown. And it's really scary just picking up a brush and kind of like not really knowing what you're going to do with a blank piece of paper. But I love it because it really pushes me to not overthink things and not put Mm -hmm. so much pressure on this end artwork is going to be the most amazing thing that I ever paint, you know, like, (laughs) or it's going to go on a gallery wall for sure. Like there's so much pressure. And I think a lot of times like my best work is when I don't overthink it and when it's just a very honest, immediate reaction um, to what I want to say. And um, so I, so that's also why I don't sketch is I think it's more, I don't know. I don't, I, it's, it's more honest. Yeah. It also feels like a true test of skill. I feel like if you can get a good result without sketching, then you're Mm -hmm. pretty pretty amazing I feel pretty good about myself (laughs) yeah and you trust yourself more and you um yeah I think it does um it does train you to be a better and more confident artist when you can do that and without sketching but it's always really scary (laughs) yeah I'm always terrified even now I sit in front of a blank piece of paper I'm like oh my gosh I don't know I love that you guys are living on the edge. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get back to the actual creation of watercolors. What would be your top tips for people starting? Um, I would mainly say to just go ahead and try to paint something. Uh, That can be really, really difficult just to paint. So maybe find some motif that um, somebody else has done and try to copy it. Uh, until you get acquainted with the the paints and the paper and you kind of get a feeling for how much water to use, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I also recommend using um, a palette so you're not um, taking the paint directly from the pan, but m- kind of mixing it onto a, a plate or a palette, a separate palette. Um, then you get more of a sense of... Um, how much color you have on your pen uh on your brush so yeah that those are my main tips just a lot of practice i feel is needed so you get comfortable with it yeah i definitely don't think you have to be like a trained artist to do something beautiful with watercolor it's kind of like the beauty of it is you can work with really simple motifs like in the first watercolor class i teach on creative bug we just paint circles and there's some of my favorite paintings. <laughs> I love to mine paint. too. Mine too. <laughs> because it's so beautiful. Yeah, it's just because you're really just focusing on the experience and the process of painting with watercolor and yeah. seeing the blends happen with different colors. And you can often learn about color blending that way, just happenstance that different colors like meet and then they just like marry each other. Um and blend together. I want to paint right now. I know. I love painting them. <laughs> just thinking them. about it makes me want to paint. <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> and they're just circles. And you can do big ones yeah. and small ones together. And deeper color ones next to ones that are just water. And just see the color blend into one that's like super light. Um, you can play with a lot of depth that way. And they're just circles. Um, that's a great exercise. Yeah. And you learn so much about brush strokes and um, colors again, like 
You can work out your color palette that way. And if you want, you could even when it's fully dry, you can go back and you can do a second layer on top because watercolor is translucent. And then you can then you really play with depth and complex complexity that way. So. So what are you guys painting when you're practicing? Are you always just painting beautiful florals or what does your actual practice routine look like? Maybe more at first when you first got started. I think I was doing more abstracts then. I think I, like I said, I was painting a lot of circles and hexagons and just geometric shapes next to each other. Strokes, different types of strokes. You can do like a pattern with just different brush strokes, wet strokes versus dried strokes and really get texture from that. Um, One thing I was doing, uh, if you don't mind me jumping in here, <laughs> um, is I was painting a lot of uh, like jewels or gems um oh. yeah gems i suppose like, crystals um, crystals right that's the word <laughs> i was painting like a ton of those at the beginning and i it wasn't for anything but it was mainly just for um for practice and yeah playing with color you can do really simple leaves and that's something you can do as a basic practice also you can just play with texture like for I still use, I still use this technique when I'm painting landscapes, but for skies, um, you can really, because watercolor is one of those things, like you don't use white or I don't know about you, Nina, but I don't use white as a pigment because white is water for me. So I substitute water for the color white is what I'm trying to say. So if you want to lighten the color, you just add more water versus adding more white. So but um, the other characteristic about watercolor is you can take away because you're not um, you're not adding white. You can take away as a way of adding back the white. So if you have a wet surface, and say you want to paint a blue sky, you paint it with blue first, just a blue wash, and then you take a piece of water uh, paper towel and you dab away. Um, the harder you dab away, the more color you take away the whiter the paper is underneath and you can create yeah. really natural looking clouds that way so you can also play with texture and you don't necessarily have to paint with a brush you can use paper towel and create different things with that too i never use white either um yeah. i always just let let the paper be be the white in my yeah. painting those are fantastic tips for practicing um and different ideas of things that you can do so where do you find inspiration to keep going? I guess mine would be the Get Messy Girls. <laughs> um, her name is Satsuki. Do you know her? Satsuki Shibuya. I'm probably botching her name. I'm so sorry. Her work is stellar. If I can get to that point with watercolor, I think I would be really proud of myself. <laughs> where... I can use the fewest amount of strokes to say what I want to say, because I think simplifying is so beautiful and it's so hard um, because there's nothing to hide around or hide behind Mm -hmm. that the strokes are so honest and they're so expressive that you only need so many to say what you want to say. And yeah, I just want to add to that. that I feel like watercolor is really a less is more 
Yes. Medium. Totally. Yeah. No, I think less is more is one of the best tips for new people getting started because I I tell my friends like anybody can do watercolor. I'll teach you, you know, and we'll get out my paints and papers and we'll all start playing and mine will look like pretty colors and shapes and theirs is like a brown blob. And I'm like, you did the same thing I did. What just happened? And it was because they're like a kid and they just like mixed all the colors and all the water into one thing and like stirred it all up. And I was like, oh, oh, like, okay. Yeah, they can't stop themselves. (laughs) And that's really the hard part about it. (laughs) Yeah, well, look all these up. It's always really great to find new people to follow who are really inspiring. Um, I have uh, Ruth Chow Simmons here too. She's at Grace Laced um, and she does a lot of like Bible verses um, and beautiful quotes and things. And and hers almost looks like it would ha- would be lettered with a nib, like you were saying with a calligraphy pen. But I believe hers is, her handwriting is just this beautiful with a watercolor paintbrush. And so she does really technical paintings of florals and landscapes and things too. Um, always, you know, surrounding the quote, her work is really beautiful. I love how she mixes her words and her paintings so, so well. I can't wait to see that. I don't yeah. really follow that many watercolor artists, to be honest, on Instagram. I think I'm so deep into scrapbooking and I don't want to follow too many people, so I'm kind of picky with who I follow, but I'm going to check those out. Yeah, I got to branch out. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, Well, we'll have links to all of these people in the show notes so that you can get some of your own good inspiration for watercolors started. Um, Well, ladies, thank you so much for sharing with us. It was so much good uh, knowledge and wisdom and tips in here. And so I know everyone's going to love it so much. Thank Thank you for having us. You're so welcome. All right. So that was a really fun episode for me. I think this is one of the main reasons I wanted to do this podcast was just so I could have the chance to talk to Yao Chang and (laughs) oh my goodness, she is so nice like she is so so nice yeah. i'm so jealous that you got to speak to them <laughs> yeah it was definitely a dream come true um so i shared a little bit about it in the in the podcast about how much Yao has influenced my art and so has Nina. And so, like I said, Nina's got a really wonderful class called Just Add Watercolor. And we have a link for that in the show notes for you. And it's just a really simple course that has a lot of different really cool contributors. And they just shared very different ideas and kind of more abstract ways that you can use watercolor that's not traditional. Um, But Yao's classes on Creative Bug, which she also gave us a free 30-day trial to, uh, which was so incredibly generous and nice of her. Um, But her classes start with a more technical foundation of watercolors, and they really helped like I said, take me from just playing around to using them as an artist would use them and understanding what they do and understanding paint palettes and colors and color mixing um, and how to make different 
colors and washes and different things like that. And then she even goes into how she paints and teaches you, you know, how to make florals and expressive paintings and different things like that. So again, it is one of my all time favorite classes that I've ever, ever taken. I think it's the same for me. I love that class. I think it definitely made me go like I used to struggle with watercolor a lot I think Nina's class was my first watercolor class that I ever took and it encouraged me to try watercolor and then Yao's class kind of made me think oh wow like that's how you do it it's not as difficult as I've been like imagining it you know exactly I too can make things look pretty freaking awesome. And I just did exactly the tutorials that y'all taught in the class. And I was like, wow, this is like art. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just the practice stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh yeah. I still use all the techniques that she shares as my like practice. And even in when I'm making patterns to do something, I use what I learned in her class consistently. Yeah. Yeah. And I really liked, um, what they were saying about not knowing everything about watercolors. So that excites me a lot because, you know, like I see them both as the experts in watercolors. And so to hear them say that they are still learning every day, like it makes me excited and it makes me happy about where I am in my journey. Yeah. I definitely agree. It's it's reassuring when you hear someone who you think is like super famous and a legitimate artist say, you know, I don't know everything and I'm still learning. That is really encouraging. Yes. Well, like we said, we have some really awesome freebies for you guys. Nina has made a beautiful video for you and Yao has shared her creative bug access for you guys. And you can get those all in the show notes at howshecreates.com. Um, and you can connect with them and learn a lot more about them through their, their, their sites and their Instagrams and their links. And so we have all of that linked for you in the show notes. Yep. And we're doing things a bit differently. As soon as you sign up for the mailing list and to receive updates, you're going to receive access to all of the presents that the artists have given um, for the podcast up until wherever we are in the episodes. Oh yeah, that's awesome. So it's a whole library of beautiful art and free things for you. So all you have to do is sign up for the newsletter. Um, And we would love it if you would take a few seconds to um, tell a friend about our podcast and to leave us a rating on iTunes and leave us a review so that more people can find us and learn more about how she creates. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys next week for another episode. Thank you for listening to How She Creates. We would love to see how you create. Share with us on Instagram using the hashtag HowSheCreates. If you love learning about creativity with us, please leave us a review and subscribe on iTunes. Grab your art supplies and we'll meet you back here next week for another episode of How She Creates.